We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. And Charles, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me. And uh, I really appreciate how you're covering the Kennedy assassination as well, this anniversary date. I mean, I just love what you just said about... Well, I, I don't know. You weren't, you weren't old enough probably to experience it. I, I, I was. I was, I was, I was yes. I wasn't born, born yep. then, but I have a master's in history, and my father was a uh, history teacher, and so I feel like I've got a little bit on the whole thing, but, but you, your last descriptor, where everyone just felt grief, when you look back and you do your reading and you watch the, the newsreels from the time and the documentaries, and it's amazing when you're done watching them, you actually feel the grief again. There, there's a, there was a certain hope in the country, a certain way things were going. And think of it this way, Mike, as a, I'm black, African-American. When you go to a lot of the black churches from back in the day, there would be pictures hanging after the assassinations of Dr. King, of Malcolm X, of course. But there were a lot of pictures of John F. Kennedy in Absolutely. black churches. And they're actually across the board. And history should have shown that there should have also been a lot of pictures of Lyndon Johnson because Lyndon Johnson did a incredible job of pushing through all the you know he had the emotion and the sentiment, but he was able and he understood how to how to run Congress because he ran it for so long (laughs) that he ran through. If you go through and what the Civil Rights Act, the Civil Rights Voting Act, and everything else he got through in those years, I mean, yes, he got everything through, and he got more legislation through in his time in the presidency than anybody in the history of this country. I mean, by far, it wasn't even close. So he, yes, yeah, and I'll leave it here, Mike, so we can talk some football. But I visited the. LBJ Library in Austin last summer, this past summer, and was reminded of all of those things. You know, I, yep. I knew them, reminded of them. And one other thing to keep in mind, he did that despite his background, despite his upbringing. As a Southerner. Where, as a Southerner who yep. very easily could have said, eh, I'm not doing that, and fought with people that he had come up with. Like Richard Russell, order, who was his best right. friend. Yes, his best in friend. Yes. Thi- in, order to, in order to get those things done, People want to ding LBJ for, for certain things, certain whatever. He went above and beyond that to get those things done as well. So sometimes people put aside maybe who they are and certain feelings to do the right thing. And I would say LBJ would qualify in that. Absolutely. In that As a matter of fact, I would tell people, go to HBO and watch the movie all the way, which yes. is about Lyndon Johnson. You will learn all this stuff. because Brian you. Yeah, absolutely. Brian Cranston did a terrific. great job. I actually saw him do it on Broadway too, and he really? was yeah he he actually did it on Broadway, and he was utterly brilliant. Uh, wow. In in his uh, he actually looked like Johnson. It was crazy. Uh, wow. It's it a powerful performance. Very talented man, and I will tell you, the movie is fascinating because Johnson and Richard Russell were like brothers. They were yeah. they were like relatives, and they fought and they split the blanket over over the Civil Rights Act. I mean, so and Richard Russell was from Georgia. Uh, he was furious. I mean, he fought him for, for basically, you know, uh, you know, tooth and nail for every inch of it. So it's fascinating stuff. All right, let's get to some football. First of all, um, Seahawks and Eagles. I think who's your MVP, Jackson or Russell, right now? It's, uh, oh, Russell Wilson or Jackson? One or the other? Which one? 
it's hard for me to turn down Russell Wilson because he's almost in that category, Mike, of, of longtime achiever like Susan Lucci in, in the daytime. So <laughs> always nominated but never gets there because we always find a shinier new object. And right now that's Lamar Jackson. But Jackson's team is the best team in the NFL right now, and he's no small part for it. So if we were to end it right now, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Jackson won it and Russell Wilson would finish second, but there's a long way to go still. And uh, Russell Wilson's at the peak of his game right now. I think Russell Wilson – and now listen, I think Jackson's had a great year, but I think Russell Wilson has been the guy who, without him, they wouldn't win at all. I mean, I really – Ravens have a good team. They have a good team. They got a good defense. They got a good team. They got a lot of good players. Uh, but I think Seattle is winning because their quarterback. Now, Clowney was a huge pickup. Huge pickup. Yeah. He's made a big difference for them. He's won a couple of games. They told me he's won two games for them single handedly. So, and I know he did that nine a game the other night. He was brilliant. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, Wilson just has made so many big plays this year. It's been unbelievable. And he continues to do so. And, and to your point, go back to the year they missed the playoffs when they went nine and seven. That was the full transition where we learned that the myth of Russell Wilson strictly a game manager was totally dead because, remember, he led them in passing, obviously, but he threw at an incredible rate of touchdowns, not many interceptions. He also led them in rushing and scored their only rushing touchdowns that year and took a team with no offensive line and finished 9-7. and seven. Since that time, they've built back around him with better offensive linemen. They've got a running game now with Chris Carson. You know, they're doing all those things, but the game now still runs through Russell Wilson. So that makes perfect sense. Like, I don't know that you can go wrong in this one, but Russell Wilson has been overlooked for a long time about how well he's played. And as I said before, I was always damned with that. Ah, game manager, Marshawn Lynch, beast mode. He just hands it. Uh, well, not really. Not really the game. Uh, and he We're also is. Now. And he also, we're talking with Charles Davis, of course. Uh, uh, we're We're also talking about a guy who is probably as efficient a deep ball thrower as there is in the NFL. I mean, he is a a terrifically efficient deep ball thrower. Not not bad for a guy who was a shortstop second base. Yeah, I mean, he who, really who is. A, I mean, you know, you think about Aaron Rodgers fine. We know how gifted Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is. I mean, we know he's an incredible player. But, I mean, this guy, he he hits long passes on the money about as well as anybody in the league. And you're not supposed to be able to see that far downfield when you're his height. See, all these, all the, he, he continues to debunk myths as we go along, you know, as we continue to look at them. When you have the right guy, and yes, he makes a lot of plays with his legs, but I still posit, Mike, that the bulk of the plays that he makes that are, that are big and effective have come from the pocket, him able to make those throws. Remember the throw to Jermaine Curse to get him into a Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game. We can just go right down the line, but you're right about the deep ball, and the deep ball is not an easy ball to throw witness the number of quarterbacks in our league that struggle throwing the deep ball and it's not always just having a blazer on the outside because when you think about seattle and their receivers how many times have you said oh yeah he has that guy who just takes the top off the defense hadn't been that many but they still managed to throw the deep ball effectively all right um who do you like eagles or cowboys to win the division the other one's not going to go to playoffs in the nfc we know that Eagles have the easiest schedule. They have Cowboys in their building. They have four games. Other than this week, they have four games against the Giants twice, the uh, Redskins, and the Dolphins. So they got all winnable games. They got an easier schedule. Cowboys are playing the Pats this Sunday in Foxborough. So we know that the schedule is harder. But which team you like uh, to come out on top? Eagles come out of this one with Seattle. 
if somehow they win this one with Seattle, I make them the odds on favorite because their defense is getting better as we go along, Mike. They got their guys back for the most part in the secondary. If you look at their last three games, they didn't lose the New England game because of their defense. No, they should have won the New England game. They should have won, yes. won that game. Both of these teams, when we're talking about winning bigger games, that's going to be the key, and the Cowboys have a lot more of the so-called big games to win. Neither Obviously, neither can afford to, to, to burp one back, but the Cowboys' schedule is so much tougher than the Eagles. You almost look at it as if, if, if the Eagles stay healthy now, where they are, they should be right there. We're going to come down to Week 16. Game will be in Philadelphia. That'll probably decide the whole thing. I think so. I like, I like the Eagles' odds just because of schedule and how the defense is starting to percolate. Fox got a big one this week that the country's going to love, Cowboys and Pats. Obviously, the Pats are in great shape. We know that although they're very limited offensively and tr- mm-hmm. they tried to get Gronk back, he wouldn't go back. Uh, they tried to get help. They haven't been able to. They are struggling mightily offensively, but their special teams and defense are carrying them. They're going to they're gonna probably get home field, uh, or they're going to come very close. So they're going to be the one of the two. Forget them for a second. How about the Cowboys going in there this week? They have the people to win this game. Are they ready to win this game? They, they should be because of what you just said. They, they are constructed to win this game, frankly. And what I mean by that is, We've we, look myself and, and, and my crew, Kevin Burkhart, Pam Oliver. We spent a lot of time last week talking about the transition of the Cowboys team from Zeke to Dak. Right. But we also talked about Mike and, and mentioned it multiple times. But don't think that Zeke isn't going to be a huge part of what they do down the stretch. It's just that the Cowboys have to trust Dak to throw the ball like they did in the Minnesota game down the stretch. They took the ball out of his hands late, and that was a mistake. Made no sense. Made no. I don't, they ran I the don't second think, down play against Minnesota to yeah. to to take the top off the clock. I know what they were doing, but we the third and fourth there. down the third and fourth down plays made no sense. Especially on the night, and we can go. We're rehashing, right? But where Cooper night, was yeah. killing him, where Cooper <laughs> was killing him all night. Randall Cobb was over 100 yards that night as well, and 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 neither tight end got involved in that play. But anyway, <laughs> that that was that that was a bad one. They should have won that game, the Cowboys. They, they, yeah. they, they had a great shot, but I think that was the night that it, it told the Dallas staff. We've got to trust Dak in those situations. Don't necessarily just go right back to Zeke. Well, they did it against Detroit late in the game. When you're trying to milk the clock and bleed it out, they put the ball in Dak's hands, let him throw the ball, and let him clip kill the clock that way. I think that's where the trust is. But this week, you got to go back and reverse, Mike, because if you're playing New England, you've got to run the football. Have to run the ball. You cannot you win if you don't run the ball. You have to run the ball. If you don't come out there and decide you're going to put the big boy pants on and run it against them, you can't beat with them. a team that's built to run it. This is your shot at Dallas. Actually has the right type of style. So if it's a boxing match, their style works versus New England. If they go back and say, Zeke, this is back to being your day. Let's go Let's go do this thing. They've got a heck of a shot if they ride it that way. They have the three things you have to have to beat the pass. They have the pass rush, they have the running back, and they have more than one offensive weapon because you know the pass is going to take away the first one. So you know, no, you know that no going doubt. in. So no they doubt. do, and they have the right – and the Pats are, let's be honest, they are—they admit it. They know they're struggling offensively. It's not a secret. Yeah. They are struggling badly offensively. It's one of the few times we've seen a miscalculation, if we want to call it that, in terms of personnel and not being able to match what you need out Well, they the thought field. the Antonio Brown was going to work. It backfired yeah. on them. That, that was well, what well, messed them up. They thought they would have a big play player. Don't forget Josh Gordon for the second year in right. a row. 
Right. But they so, thought so, they had Antonio Brown, and that was going to give them their big home run guy, and then it didn't work out. I, w- I would pause it with anyone and have that discussion with them. Why would you think that Antonio Brown would work out for you? Because they're the Pats. They think they can I fix know. everything, you know? I know, but, but even, even the Pats, as we know, not all the swings have been hits. So, so they decided to take another one there, and more power to them. Yeah, and but they it, missed it. It, it, yeah. it backfired, and it also backfired, Mike, in terms of not getting a, a, a tight end at the beginning of the year. I mean, that was something they had all off season to work on. They kind of went into it thinking one thing. Next thing you know, it's not working at all, and now you really have no options. We're talking with Charles Davis. All right, Packers and Niners. Um, Niners banged up here. Kittle banged up. Uh, you know, wide receivers banged up. Running back, Breeden banged up. Hey, they got a lot of guys banged up. Um, but they got a defense that's been terrific. Uh, Packers are still the Packers. You know, they can run yeah. it with the young back. They have, obviously, the great quarterback. What do you like there? Well, if the Niners can get back and make it a line of scrimmage game again, Mike, I think they'll be okay. And what I mean by that is I know Joe Staley is um, you know, questionable for this game back at left tackle. He's been hurt, came back, had a tough night against Clowney the other night, got hurt again. They're saying he may be able to go. If he can go this weekend with McGlinchey at right tackle and get their offensive line back intact, look, you and we've seen it all year long. Name the 49ers running backs because each week is someone different doing damage. But that offensive line, when they control the line of scrimmage, that'll get them going. That'll lessen what they're not getting if Kittle's not able to go yet again. He may they need Kittle. Kittle. Kittle's they a great him. player. He's, he's, a, he's, yeah. he's, he's a game breaker now. He's a great, like great player. Gronk. He's a great player, yeah. He's a great, he's a great player. You mentioned yeah. Gronk, yep. right? No Gronk for New England? Yep. Kittle is Gronk right now. He is, I he agree. Is that player. He is, best he is player Gronk in the league. After, uh, best player run after catch in the league. He's unbelievable in so many things that he does. His ability to do it all, and the last thing you said is, is spot on, his run after catch. So to me, if I'm the Niners out there and I can get back to that line of scrimmage and use the multiple running backs, whether Breed is you know, healthy or not, that can tamp down a lot of things because the last thing you want is to not be able to run the football and extra possessions for Rodgers. That's what you do not want in this ballgame. Because let's, let's be honest about the whole thing. He's not talking about it, but guys like Aaron Rodgers carry grudges to the grave with them. Here the Niners again, didn't draft him. I don't care Alex Smith isn't there. Back in the old home neighborhood, you know he burns for games like this, Mike. We've seen it throughout his career. Uh, no question. This would be another opportunity. No question. And, you know, and we can talk quarterbacks, but this guy, uh, I know he's, you know, he's not going to go down in history as the greatest player because, you know, his, 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 he hasn't had that resume. But let's be honest, if you were going to build the quarterback, he wouldn't be any different than this guy. I mean, this guy physically is as good as anybody who's ever played the position. Yeah, and, and just think he had to wait his turn. If he were to come out in the draft now, there'd be no waiting turns. He'd be starting truly as a, as, as a rookie. And who knows how that turns out either, you know, that formula about what, you know, what's tried and true. Who really knows? I just know that nowadays when you get drafted, every time, I mean, how many times we heard a coach say, well, we're going to try and, you know, hold him for a while, redshirt him for a while. How long does that usually last? If you draft a quarterback in the first round, he plays. It's as simple as that. You think the Ravens are the best team right now, Charles? I think that they're playing the best over the last six weeks. I think it'll be interesting to see if anyone can spend some time with some of these college coaches to defend quarterback run game and see what you're dealing with with Lamar Jackson. Frankly, I think a lot of it is like option football. It really is. It's assignment deal. Read and react. 
and that doesn't make it easier. But what happens is because of his ability to run the football and scare you, he keeps a lot of eyes, and he also draws people closer to the line of scrimmage. And you know how it is in option football in college. They run, they run the ball down the, line, down the line 30 times in a row, and then that quarterback fakes it, steps back, and heaves it as far as he can, and a guy named Hollywood Brown's on the other end of it, and they get big plays that way. His throwing is truly improved. You know? And one of the things I think I've missed coming out of college is when he was there with Petrino, Mike, guaranteed they said, take your read. If it's not there, will you go, please? because you're so valuable and so good with your legs, that is not how a quarterback gains better footwork. I think since he's gotten to the NFL, they still like him to go, but they also work much harder on the footwork, going through progressions, throwing from the pocket better, and he is, and he is a taken on that challenge and done it a lot better. But I think they're the best team right now in terms of the last six weeks. Doesn't mean they won't be challenged. Who's they're the best team in the NFC in your mind? Best team in the NFC in my mind right now? I'd, I'd still, I still lean towards New Orleans despite the clunker with Atlanta. Yeah, I do because, too. And I'll tell you something about the clunker. Their defense can play. And I'll tell you about the clunker with New Orleans uh, with Atlanta. They turned around the next week and basically shut out the the uh, the <laughs> Panthers. Now I don't yeah. know why they decided it took them this many weeks to start to play, but the last two weeks they've had like ten sacks and about eight turnovers for their defense. Now I don't know where this has been all year, <laughs> but the last two weeks they've played like world beaters. And I think we're seeing the team, correct me if I'm wrong from your aspect, but in the preseason, I picked them to be the, the biggest challenger to New Orleans in their division. So this team I'm seeing now is a team I expected to see from the beginning. And our crew did that New Orleans clunker game, right? Yep. And we did say, during, we said during the game, and in Atlanta, their fans are asking, where's this team been all year? I mean, look, the last, they, two, weeks, they, the last two weeks, they've played down. brilliant defense, brilliant yep. defense. Well, it's a defense we expected to see because you've got Grady Jarrett who's up front and he's a wrecker. You're supposed to have Tack McKinley and, 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 and Vic Beasley coming off the edge and, and, and putting pressure on people. Deion Jones is supposed to fly around in the middle of that defense as, as, as a linebacker. Yeah, they lost Keanu Neal, but they had guys on the back end that you would expect to play. Trufant's been out, but these young kids are starting to play better in Sheffield, and, and, and Oliver was, was, was kind of a big question mark. Cardo Allen, they've had the talent. Never did understand what was going on during the, the, the excessive losing streak because they always liked their head coach. So it's not just a matter of them coming together to try and save their coach's job. They liked him in the beginning. Apparently they like him even more now the way they're playing, and I expect them to get a third in a row against Tampa this week. Charles Davis with us. Charles, um, what is your take, and I'm sure you've already opined on yeah. it, but what, what, what is your take with what Miles Garrett pulled yesterday? I have no idea of knowing whether he's telling the truth or not, and I don't. But why would he wait a week to say it? That's the only thing. That's that's the question. That's the number one question you would have: is why take a week to say it? That's what kills him. It kills his credibility. It kills him. Well, here's here's the deal, Mike. His explanation of I thought I was saying it in confidence to the league if I'd handle it the right way actually sounds good. But I've been in these situations. I think we all have where. As crazy as that night was, as emotional as that night was, how many people had the presence of mind to hold their tongue then and say, oh, I'll take it up with the commissioner? Because that night, you don't even know if you're being suspended. You don't know what's going on. Usually in that presser, that's when the person says, Absolutely. I apologize for Plus, my he action, met with he met but, with people he, after he, the game and didn't tell anybody about that. Not one person. His teammates didn't know. His saw, teammates didn't know and, and, and the league met with him after the game that night, and he didn't tell anybody 
that that was the case. And the league has said everything. And I talked to people just trying to get some yep. background on it today. And they said, we don't have any shred of evidence that that's true. Yeah. And, and here's where I'm going to stand on it. I will never truly know right or wrong, because if it was said, it was said when they were down, there was just the two of them, because that's what would have escalated it. But if he said this and it didn't happen, what he's done to Mason Rudolph is so unfair. It's so unfair. It's beyond unfair. Now, if it happened, the Mason Rudolph's going to have to deal with that. But there's someone's going to have to prove it. And it seems very See, weird. See, it's not fair that Mason Rudolph, though, has to be put on it no. because he can't prove it. He can't prove he, he didn't say it. He can't, he, can't, he can't disprove anything. And right now, Miles Garrett can't prove anything. So now you have this, this, this standoff where both sides have it. And, again, I've, I've, I've lived long enough now. I don't want to make that super jump. But I would have the question, what took so long for this to come out? I would have thought you would have said it that night. Absolutely. All right. So, listen. Uh, what game are you doing this week? We've got Eagles and Seahawks, so we're looking forward to watching Eagles chase around Russell Wilson and see if they can tackle Chris Carson. And we're looking to see if Carson Wentz can jump jump things up a little bit, maybe get a receiver or two back for this game. I tell you, the Eagles' the big key is whether their tackles are playing against Clowney, and they might not be playing. Right. So if that that's right. a, I mean, Lane, if they're not Lane playing, Johnson, if they're not playing, Lane they're Johnson, in big trouble. Yeah, yeah they're Lane in Johnson, big trouble. We'll find out because Andre Dillard would get the start, not. How will Pulavate Vitae at right tackle if Lee doesn't play? And Jason Peters went out late against New England with a knee injury, so we'll see if he's able to go. That's a problem because Clowney is, you know, he'll wreck the game if you let him. So, I mean, and, he'll co- and yeah. he comes from both ends and inside. You never know where to find him, and they're going to have to identify him before every snap. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Good luck this week. Mike, thanks a lot. Take My care. My pleasure. Thank you. Charles Davis, back after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 